All right, welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts, and thank you for all that you do to make this podcast possible. I am Frank Goodman. And Martha. Hey, Martha, how are you? I'm okay, Frank, but I got a bone to pick. (laughs) Okay, so so go ahead and pick the bone then. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Every time that you and I finish an episode Uh, of our podcast, it gives me time to think about what we said and where we are. Right. And for some reason unknown to me, after our last podcast, I was reflecting on a story I had read as a child. Mm-hmm. Now, this story is an epic tale that was written by Homer about the Odyssey. The hero, at least one of them, was a man named Odysseus. Okay. And if you remember that story, uh, they covered it a little bit in Hercules, the movie. Right. right. You know, he was returning home after the Trojan Wars. But he and his men and his his captain, they faced a lot of obstacles. And along the way, they had two main obstacles that they had to go around to get home. One was Scylla, a six-headed monster, and the other one was Charybdis, an enormous whirlpool. Okay. And to them, both of the obstacles appear to the reader to be insurmountable. You're probably thinking at this point in time, what has this got to do with me or us? (laughs) But in reality, when I think about it, it was a story about choices Mm -hmm. and not just any choice, but a choice between two things of which neither one provides you with the best option. So as as I reflected on that story, it became clear to me that we as African-Americans, as a people are like Odysseus, Mm -hmm. we face no good options or choices. He found himself in a no-win scenario. Does he go by land and face the six-headed monster? Or does he go by the sea with his companions and face the whirlpool? Hmm. He was between a rock and a hard place. Hmm. Either decision had potential disaster. Hmm. So for us, we have as our obstacles progress. And at every turn in history, we find that We're stalled by governments, local and state, and yes, even the federal government. Right. Gives us a limitation so that we cannot be fully included. And sometimes that obstacle is education, which provides limited thinking. Mm. Neither provides a full pathway for inclusion and acceptance. And I thought sometimes the same thing can be said of religion. And notice I said religion. I don't mean religion is bad. I just mean that it's different from faith. Right, right. Our choices are limited because we're not in the majority and we are always in a place of jeopardy. And full inclusion is an aspect that should equal full acceptance. We have fought and sought to be included as full persons for four centuries. Hmm. And at every turn in the the institutions of America and even Europe have forced us to create our own versions of the original. Right. Over the course of our history, the government has tantalizingly placed the carrot of freedom and inclusion in front of us Hmm. and dangles it periodically, giving us the suggested bite of achievement. Hmm. This achievement carrot has been used for over 400 years and has dangled with us nibbling at it but never receiving the full carrot, even though we may have grown it. Right. 
So we find ourselves at every point in our history between a rock and a hard place. Hmm. We've talked about this. Right. And often we look to individual achievements within the African-American community, but miss that our community has never fully been allowed to reach the goal of full potential and acceptance. Mm -hmm. Every achievement we've made has been offset by a blockage of individuals, organizations, and even our government. We sometimes find that even in the really religious arena, there is hope for the future, a spiritual reward rather than the physical support we currently need daily. Mm -hmm. So we're always told to wait, wait for the future, Wait for change, wait for heaven. Right. But the problems we face are now problems and need now solutions. Hmm. I think it requires us to face the stark reality of where we are as a group and not to use what we've achieved as individuals to determine our success. We'll find ourselves undervalued, paid less, given the lease in health, wealth, and education. Hmm. We pay taxes, but our cities and neighborhoods go lacking. Right. You know, old school teaches us that our forebearers, when they left enslavement, sought to ensure that their children could read and write. That was their simple goal. Right. And again, at the end of the civil rights movement, education was the carrot. Mm -hmm. Was there, but but carrot the carrot was integration. Mm. The old school, the old ones knew that school was for learning what was in the books, Mm -hmm. but culture and understanding and life awareness must be taught at home and reinforced by the church and in our neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. They understood that education helped us to navigate the bigger world outside of our neighborhoods, but they knew over time we would allow ourselves to assume that being taught what we're being taught in school was better than what we learned at home. So we chose to always treat what we were taught in school as gospel. Mm. The truth is we're taught to be better workers and to support the goals of the institutions. That's the purpose of learning in school. To get out from under this condition of being between a rock and a hard place, you've got to realize that we must be aware of the full picture and the full story. Only by knowing the full story can we choose and make a choice whether to choose or not to choose. Mm -hmm. And I've heard people sometimes say they prefer not to make a choice. But Mm -hmm. the problem I see with that is that choice, if you don't make a choice, someone will make that choice for you with with or without your input. And personally, me, I'd like to make that choice for myself and live with the consequences Mm -hmm. than to have someone else always make a choice for me. Yeah. I know this this whole thing might seem far-fetched to you, <laughs> but sometimes a fable story is often based in reality of life. Mm. Each of us can choose, or at least you go there through the difficulties like Odysseus did, and you return home. You can do that only if you understand that you can make a choice. Right. Other members of his expedition, they went by the sea and all were lost in that whirlpool. Hmm. So we've got to define what is our rock and our hard place. And then we've got to think, could we have a better chance reaching our goals if we're not sure what we're talking about? Okay, so 
I made a lot of mental notes. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't write down anything, but there were a lot of mental notes as I was listening to you because you touched on a whole lot of things that made me think about a lot of things. Okay. And when you talked about the education, and you talked about the level of education as opposed to our ancestors. Our ancestors wanted us to know how to read and write. Right. Right. And then we had some of us, some of us, a lot of us, Mm -hmm. especially in the South, had ancestors, parents, grandparents, who finished school in the third grade, finished school in the sixth grade, based on geographical challenges. Right. And when... As we grew older, their children, and I, and I always tell people this story. You know, I said, you know, my grandmother, okay, my grandmother didn't graduate from high school, didn't graduate from junior high school. My father always bragged about graduating at 6A. <laughs> and he always bragged about it. You know, I never knew what 6A was. But he would always tell anybody, I graduated 6A. And and, and so when each of my siblings and I, as we, when we finished high school, we didn't have an option. We had to continue our education. So we would go to vocational school or go to college or whatever. Right. And I would always tell the story. You see, you have to measure progress. Yes. And I've always told my children, don't do what I have done. Achieve more. Right. I'm not the type of parent that want you to be less informed than I am. I want you to be better. I want you to tell me how to do something. Right. So one thing our ancestors understood, they wanted us to have a better education. They couldn't tell us what it was like to have that education. They couldn't give us an experience of being in junior high school. They couldn't mm-hmm. give us an experience of being in high school. All they knew is that they wanted us to be better. Right. That's what they knew. Right. So when I'm, as I was listening to you, I thought about that. I thought about that. And then I was saying, well, you know, education, especially today, all of the education you get in the classroom it's not good for you because when you're looking at DeSantis and you're looking at what he's doing, he is creating a situation to where you might leave out of there with an education, but it's going to be short of something. It's going to be short of a, of a lot of things. So just to say I have achieved this doesn't necessarily mean much. Right. Okay. And then I thought about something else And, and you don't have to agree, but I thought about something else. We've always heard, and I'm going to use your word, the mantra, <laughs> you know, rock and a hard place. Right. Okay. Right. And, but we never have sat down and thought about it. I've never done it. I've never heard anybody else say anything other than a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. But since being with you on Old School Thoughts, we take the time out to really expand our thinking. We do. We try to come up with a way to simplify our thought process to where it might mean something and give other people the opportunity to define 
what we are talking about and what we have been talking about for ages within our mm-hmm. culture. Right. So as you were saying, a rock and a hard place, and you were talking about the circumstances and the options that were available, it made me actually think about this from a biblical standpoint. Mm-hmm. When Christ asked Peter, who do you say that I am? And understanding that in Greek, Peter is Petra. Yes. Petra in Greek is a rock. That's true. So based on Peter's response and talking about a rock, I automatically aligned the rock with a promise. Because Mm -hmm. Christ is saying, your confirmation establishes the foundation of the church. That I am the son of man. That is the basic foundation of church. So I said, okay, a promise. If the hard place becomes a consequence, then we're stuck somewhere between a promise and consequences of doing something different. So we're somewhere in between a promise made and consequences. I've said to you before, I do not believe that God will create a, a group of people that will always be at the bottom, regardless of where we are located geographically. But for some reason, we're at the bottom. That was a promise made, whether it was emancipation, whether it was reconstruction, whether it was what civil rights, that was a promise made. But there's a consequence down the road. So what what are your thoughts? Am, am I online with what you're saying? You know, you, you've taken it to another level. And it's true. Mm-hmm. It's always about a promise mm-hmm. and the consequence of that promise not being met. Mm-hmm. When you think about it, we're not the only ones that promises were made to. Right. It seems to be something that's European-based that you make a promise and most cultures if you make a promise people expect you to keep your word and they'll say your word is your bond meaning that you're going to hold to that word that you've given and honor it but we don't do that in america we put that promise out there and get your buy-in and then we retract it that's right. And you're stuck. And so and you, so you're stuck between that rock and a hard place. That's right. That rock and, that, and a hard place, that promise right. and consequence. And and like you, I've I've thought the same. You've always said that. That we should not always God would not create us to be on the bottom. Right. So why do we find ourselves on the bottom? Right. And maybe in truth, Frank, that thought is what was in my mind. Possibly when I was thinking about why are we always on the bottom and I came up to realize that we're between a rock and a hard place all the time. That's right. You can't make progress if you're between a rock and a hard place. You know, they say, what do they say to us when we're kids? If you make two steps forward and one step back, you never are going to progress. But then... You know, I was talking to someone about this, and I was saying, mm-hmm. we never, the numbers are never the same. Mm-mm. We've never 
I've never heard anybody say two steps forward. We'll say one step forward, and we'll mm-hmm. say two steps backwards. But we'll right. also say that two steps backwards can become five. Yep. It could become ten. It, it, it was never consistent. It was never consistent. We only knew that you can make a step forward, but it's going to multiply itself going backwards. That's right. I agree. We always knew that. You know, and, and we see it. We see it every day. Right. We see people go to work, put in a long day, and not get paid enough money to support their family. Right. We see it every day when we watch people go and ask for just basics that every human being should have, healthcare. Right. But we find ourselves always at every turn. You know, as you were, as as I was thinking about what you were saying, it made me think about my mother. She's my hero because she only made it to the third grade. And she always fascinated me because she could read and write very well. And I said, how did she manage to do that in the third, by only going to the third grade? Right. That meant that somebody was helping her outside of school because she came along at a time when children didn't go to school but certain parts of the year because the crop had to come in. Mm-hmm. But you think about the farmers and people who work the land They couldn't read and write, many of them, that came out of that enslavement. But yet, they profit somehow. And they owned a farm. Mm -hmm. Or they rented a farm. And they they did sharecropping. But still, it's amazing to me. And we should give ourselves a pat on the back more often. Mm -hmm. To say that we, from nothing, we create something. Mm -hmm. Because we were given nothing. Right. But we still manage to create something and to push children to be educated because they understood that was a way forward. So they were looking at progress. Old school teaches me that they were looking at progress more so than we look at it today. We take it for granted. Right. And we think we've progressed because we have a job and because we can dress nicely. But the truth is, it's fragile. This economy is fragile. And all it takes is your shop or your plant or your job folding. COVID showed that to us. People were thrown out with COVID to work from home. And they didn't make the same amount of money that they did when they went into the office. And people found themselves on bread lines, white people. I saw it on TV on bread lines. We know what it is to be on a bread line, so it wasn't unusual. We just took it in stride and said, you know what? That means we're not going to eat what we usually eat, but well, I'll pull out those beans and we'll make a big pot of rice and we'll go forward. But Martha, let me interrupt you for a second. Mm -hmm. Let let me apologize for the alarm that went off. That's okay. You know, hopefully we, we will not have to the audience yourself won't say, let's do it again. Let's, you know, but I apologize for the alarm. I actually thought that I had disengaged that thing. But okay. hopefully it doesn't push us off and we don't get too far off track. I don't think it will. But I would like to add this. Mm-hmm. As 
as we look at the rock and hard place, and right. then we change that to a promise, well, between a promise and consequences. Right. We have to look at past and present. We have yes. to look at when we emancipated, a promise was made, you're free. Mm-hmm. But how do you define freedom when you have never known freedom? How do you define it? So a promise was made that you are free with no food, clothes, water, shelter, no anything to survive, nothing to call your own. And as you moved about trying to create a life for yourself, even allowing an African in America to become a senator, Mm -hmm. a promise was made the consequence was that it was taken away. That's right. We're looking at voting, the right to citizenship. All of right. those things were promises that were made. That you, when you're being told that now you are a citizen, you expect to have the same rights, the mm-hmm. same treatment, the same value. But the consequence of that promise was more dangerous. And here we are today, we're watching the GOP create ways in which to deny you education. You can't even talk about certain things in school. They're removing books out of the school. They're talking, saying that you can't say the word gay. They're controlling what you can and you cannot say. They mm-hmm. are changing voting laws. They're making it to where some districts would be able to, or some legislators would be able to make decisions on throwing your vote out. Yep. We are pushed in so many different ways to where we, we're not focusing on one thing. Most groups, most other other ethnic groups can focus on one thing. Mm-hmm. Our focus is so broad, we become scatterbrained. Not in a negative sense calling someone a scatterbrain. We become scatterbrains because We have to divide ourselves in so many different pieces trying to protect ourselves. It's just hard to to do that when we're scattered. We have to find a way to minimize that. You know, I don't think we even had the opportunity to assess what was the obstacles that we needed to address. Right. We were always in flight or fright mode yeah. we were always in trying to make it to the next day mode right and that's not the ideal place to start to make progress mm-hmm. and you're right at every turn when i looked at history every turn you can find a pattern mm-hmm. and i always talk about patterns yeah you can find the pattern that as soon as the promise is made then it it's already known they're not going to fulfill the promise. Right. You know, it made me think about all the treaties the Native Americans signed yeah. and still lost their land. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the same thing. Four million people put out and said to them that they're free. Free with no plan. Mm-hmm. No plan. How do you take people and say, I don't have a plan for you to get health care. I don't have a plan for you to get 
educated. I don't have a plan for you to get, you know, a job. I don't have a plan for you where you're going to live. And then they create something called the Freedmen's Bureau, which is a scam, a Ponzi scheme to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Because it was playing on getting you back into sharecropping. So you're back into a new form of slavery. Right. Because everything you grew, most of it went to someone else. Right. So, again, you look at the pattern. The pattern's there. So we've got to break the mold of the pattern and at least be aware that a promise does have consequences. So on that note, I see we're going to have to come back for part two, right? I think we're going to have to talk about it a little bit more. Okay. So close us out, and let's see where we go from here. Frank, I want to thank you so much for always being there to listen to me. And no matter how far-fetched my thoughts go, you come around and you you agree with it and you you support it. So I would like to thank you for that. I'd like to thank our listeners out there to say that we appreciate all the things that you do and all your comments. And we want to make sure that we always provide some way of giving you information and, and let you be aware of what's going on in our world. So on that note, we're going to say thank you to everyone. Mm-hmm. We're going to say that we love you. We love you. Mm-hmm. We're going to say always, we <laughs> want you to be good. Be good.